Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale. There we go. The retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers and, of course, the data and technology that they use to move their supply chains. Now, we have a wonderful guest on with us today, and we will get to her here in a second. But, of course, I want to let everyone know about our wonderful community here. Point of Sale is not just a wonderful podcast that you should be watching every single week. But as a part of our community, we also have a community newsletter that goes out every Monday afternoon. So after the show, make sure you head to FreightWaves.com, click on newsletters at the top of our page, make sure you join Point of Sales, and of course, you'll start getting those every Monday. And moving forward, make sure you go check out the show on YouTube. We're going to be here live at 2 o'clock again every Wednesday. Uh, Make sure you subscribe and like so that you get notifications that new episodes are airing. And of course, if you're more of a podcast person, you want to hear the uh, actual audio side of it only because for some reason you want to see his beautiful face. I can understand, but go and listen to this show wherever you listen to podcasts as well. But make sure you again, like and subscribe there so you get notifications when new episodes are out. Now, uh, we will get to our guests here in a second, but of course, you know me, I like to see all the different ways that retailers are working to bring their brands to our, well, in some cases, in this case in particular, our screens. Now, we've talked about the metaverse in the past and in different forms of it as well, whether you're talking more of Facebook or Meta, you could say these days. Remember when Facebook was Facebook, not Meta? Yeah, okay. That's the thing. So we're going to talk about metaverse known as Roblox today. Uh, You don't know who they are. Go talk to maybe your nieces, your nephews, grandchildren. I'm sure they'll be able to explain it. It's probably one of my favorite trends I've ever invested in, thanks to my nieces. Shout out to them. And this week, we actually got an announcement from one of my favorite brands and one of America's favorite makeup brands out there, Fenty. If you don't know who Fenty is, it is Rihanna. So yes, the wonderful artist herself who hasn't dropped an album. Please do in a few years now. But Fenty just dropped a new uh, Roblox partnership. And basically, here it is. Yes, that dropped yesterday. I will say, interesting enough, uh, we did see a bump in Roblox's stock up about 5% yesterday after the announcement as well. So uh, Rihanna does have some movement on the market. But uh, to kind of explain this to our audience, you might not fully understand the metaverse. Uh, Remember Sims, and some of you might still be in a sense. It's kind of like that. You can build your own uh, lifestyle, home, uh, land, etc. here in this physical, virtual, I guess, space, right? Uh, So Roblox lets you do that. And it's a very common gaming uh, apparatus, you could say. And many brands are now linking with it to bring more virtual experience to, in this case, beauty. So in this uh, partnership in particular, there's going to be games, scavenger hunts, mazes, like you saw, so fun stuff like that. 
But you'll also get a chance, this gets really cool for Fenty fans out there, to co-create custom versions of one of their biggest tools out there, which is their Gloss Bomb. Big fan of it, wearing it now. I'm actually wearing the Heat version, the one that makes your uh, lips supposedly bigger, but kind of just burn at the same time. Anyways, it's one of their biggest uh, sellers out there. And with this partnership, those in the uh, Roblox world, in the metaverse, can actually choose ingredients, bottles, application, or applicators, shades, etc. They can name them themselves. And actually, uh, one person will be chosen uh, in 2024 to release their own gloss bomb uh, in Sephora's near you. And I think it's really interesting. They, this stuff can get really intricate when it comes to how you can really sell in the space. So, for example, if you uh, can pull up, uh, well, I, I don't have this visual, but Estee Lauder in particular did this last year. So every person who bought the Estee Lauder Night Glow, their character had like a glow to them. So you could see who was a part of that community throughout the show. And in the long run, you're going to see digital makeup lines. So kind of like when you create your Sims character, right? You could have a special gloss bomb uh, on that character or special uh, blush or application, right? Uh, there's also a chance to sell these at, at, as NFTs. And at, for at least the brands themselves, it's a way for them to see how uh, consumers might actually want to use their brands in real life, whether it's new products uh, they learn from or potential new ways that uh, we could be wearing makeup today. So uh, it's pretty interesting. And to give you some numbers too, to back up the market, 80% of female internet users between 16 and 44 actually play video games. And 53% of beauty fans alone play or to, uh, have downloaded some free-to-play video game as well. So all in all, uh, the market's pretty large. They expect by 2024, the metaverse market to reach about $800 billion. And it sounds like makeup brands, including Fenty itself, are saying, hey, I I'd love a piece of that pie. So check out uh, those who are on Roblox. You should start seeing this uh, Fenty partnership now. And maybe go uh, take a stab at it yourself and see if it's something that you'd be interested to. And that's our main part for today. But we've got a really special guest. And I'm happy to bring this person on. If you've seen Great Corner Gals, you might actually recognize this guest with us today. I want to introduce everyone to Kate Gillespie. She's a supply chain manager in the apparel industry. And she is a TikTok star as well for our in industry. She has over... Uh, 27,000 followers, over a half a million likes as well. Go check her out at Kate is Booked. Kate, thanks for joining me today. Great to be here again, Grace. Yeah, no, I, I love your TikTok. I mean, I'm a freight tech nerd, so I love to see how people, uh, especially in your position, right? You're making everyday choices for some very large brands out there. And I love seeing your point of view and how you maneuver through the supply chain and, and really uh, keep a resilient supply chain for the number of uh, consumers that are consuming the goods that you move. Tell us a little bit about your career and the work that you do uh, every day to make sure that uh, the apparel industry keeps moving. Yeah. So I graduated supply chain management from the University of Texas at Austin in 2012. And then right after that, I started working in retail. So first it was actually doing the retail stores, like inventory management, assistant buying for department stores. And then I just got a little further and further down the supply chain. So then I moved on to cosmetics, retail, but doing demand planning. 
And then after that, now I do production planning in the apparel industry. So it's a lot of like over the years, it's been interesting to see every single side I've been on because I think it gives me great, unique perspectives, makes me easier to work with, <laughs> makes it easier for me to work with people. And uh, I just can, you know, see how stuff is made. I always thought that was so cool. Yeah, that's the best thing about people asking, like, how do you come up with content for the show? And it's like, uh, pick every single item available for purchase. And like, we can go through the how it's made of that every single week. Easy, no problems. You know, I'm interested in your background because you've had, like you said, a number of experiences in different parts of the supply chain. How has your roles or even just supply chains in general evolved throughout like the pandemic is especially you started a couple years before it how has your position changed throughout those years and and how how do you view the supply chain maybe differently i think the biggest change that i've noticed not only you know had the way that i work but the way that supply chains are working now is the way that we use technology to talk to each other before we relied on a lot of in-person visits. My first job, I didn't even have a laptop. I had a computer desktop and I was not able to work remotely at all for that very reason. And then when that was in Houston and then when Hurricane Harvey hit, I was trapped in my apartment for five days and I had to do work on my personal laptop. And it's crazy now that after the pandemic where it got to the point where everybody had to work remote and nobody could be in the office. And so now that we've kind of we've gotten past that point, I like the way that we communicate with each other now, knowing that we can't always all be in the same room together. And I think that's going to be really important go forward, how we interact with vendors, people overseas, uh, even even like people at uh, companies that we service, like as business business companies. So that is the most interesting part to me. Well, you add the overseas aspect, right? It'd be impossible to to work uh, on, I guess, snail mail, right? Uh, the, the chains would be heavily broken if that were the case. I'm interested, what other areas do you feel like tech has evolved in your work, especially when you're talking about procurement on more of like a global scale? I think... Something that I've seen, which you may have seen this in the news too, about how like the ports in California have gathered and they're going to make logistics data a lot. Um, well, they're actually going to start tracking logistics data, which yeah. they didn't really do before. And so I think when it comes to like changes in technology and how we use it, I think there's going to be a bigger demand in seeing transparency on the supply chain among all uh, points of the supply chain. So it's simply not enough for us to work with a third-party logistics company and for them to say, oh, it gets consolidated a week before it gets to the boat. It's not enough to just say that. It's going to have to be like, okay, well, how long was it You know, at the ports? If there was a delay, what was the cause of the delay? How long was that delay? Like, What's the dollar risk? What time did it get loaded? That kind of thing. Because so I don't think it's enough for businesses working together to just say, oh, there's been a supply chain issue. I think now, go forward, we're going to have a lot more tracking data when that comes up, and we're going to have to explain it to the people that we work with. So it's good, but it's also kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no longer like an excuse to like just something's late. Let's like all breathe and wait for it. There's always going to be that 
uh, that why and that technology, right, allows that that question to really be answered because there's there's probably a way to actually find out. Uh, you are working more globally as well. And I'm, I'm interested, what does that strategy look like from your end, especially when you're looking at different uh, maybe regions across the globe? How do you have to make decisions maybe differently compared to uh, maybe entering into Latin America or entering into India or um, somewhere outside of the U.S.? That's a tough question. <laughs> uh, a very interesting question, too. I think it approach like you have to approach it by what the business needs and what your team needs, what your people overseas need, and then kind of what you're selling. Like, when I worked in cosmetics, we had a lot of strict regulations on cosmetics. So we actually, um, because of, you know, just rules about what you can import into the U.S. and where you could sell and everything, we actually didn't really work that much with Asia because Asia was doing animal testing. And so we ended up working with this giant hub in Europe because that is where everything was produced. So when it comes to, you know, it's just interesting, like how... The, depending on what industry you're in, you have to adapt to like the needs of that region and understand how they operate. Even something as little as like the culture of a team. Um, I work with a lot of people in India now and they have different holidays that we do. So something as simple as like, when are you communicating with your team? Uh, when are you able to meet? What, uh, when are they going to be out of office? That kind of thing. I think it's just very interesting how we're working together across the globe, but we have to understand where everyone is coming from and what everyone needs in order to be able to work together. Yeah, uh, definitely. You see those even in small spurts across the U.S. as well, right? Like different holidays or like even working with Canada, right? Like uh, back in my uh, more truckload days, like family day, like understanding that uh family day actually means something to canadians and they will not unload your truck no matter how much uh you feel like you're important right so it's like all those like little little holidays or uh even uh, the drivers like what they can uh here in the u.s we see sometimes right like uh kosher right if a driver is uh only touch like kosher loads and etc that can lead to some uh capacity issues too so Right. There's the coolest thing about this. And I think this is where you and I really get along is there's just so much in an inside and out of this thing that's left to be discovered and to really showcase to consumers. And I think that's what I want to touch on your own personal endeavors when it comes to the supply chain. So you started this TikTok. Uh, tell us kind of the, the background behind it, why you started it and, and where you're hoping to, to see it grow. Yeah. So I started my TikTok like everyone else at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. And I'm actually called Kate is Booked because I wanted to review books. I'm a very active reader. I read over 100 books a year, all different genres. And so I was reviewing books. And then about a year later, I just kind of occasionally got into talking about my job in supply chain management. And those TikToks blew up. And all of a sudden, I got asked so many questions from people all over the world asking if I would do research into a certain company or why a product was late or what was happening in a different country. And 
it just got to the point where I was creating only supply chain management talk uh, TikToks, and it just has been a really fun journey to give people news information, but also translate that information into ways that people can understand how it's going to affect them, like what they buy, um, what they're doing, uh, what even like transportation, that kind of thing. There's there's a lot of like nuance to it. And so I think it's really exciting as someone who's in the industry, I can give a little bit of a personal perspective and inside secrets and just talk to everyone about it. And I've made such a good community on there too. Like I met you through um, the supply chain community and I get all these comments all the time about people who work in trucking or who work in like big consumer packaged goods industry. And it's just really cool to talk to everyone around the globe about what we do. Yeah, for me, it's a really great perspective that you have because, you know, I am used to talking to truck drivers all day and the work that they do is much different from the work that you do, even though it all connects at the end of the day, right? And that's what I think is important is even for truck drivers and and vice versa for you to understand what each party goes through. And now you're starting to substack. And that's why I really wanted to bring you here today. Why the substack and what are you hoping that uh, becomes as well? So the Substack is really exciting to me because it is, uh, it's called Supply Chain Issues by Kate is Booked. And <laughs> it is just a way that I can aggregate all of my knowledge into one space. So with TikTok and the short form content, it doesn't come up chronologically on your timeline. I know a lot of people were missing things. I would post some kind of supply chain news story and if I didn't specify the date, people wouldn't really understand when it was or what the impact was. So this is a really exciting thing that I'm like very uh, eager to do is by sending. So the the structure of it is that I'm sending out weekly news once a week on Mondays. It's completely free and it just aggregates all the important headlines that I've seen across the industry, what's happening, what I think about them. And then I also want to include um, a section where I go through job postings on LinkedIn that people can see and give resume tips. One of the most common questions I get asked is, how do I get a job in supply chain? I'm a college student. What classes should I be taking? Do I need certain job experience? And I want to address all of that in my newsletter eventually, which I'm really hoping, crossing my fingers that this happens, I would love to be the kind of person that can work with companies to go behind the scenes at their warehouses, distribution centers, plants, and really learn about their transportation logistics or um, their production processes, and then be able to write about that in my newsletters. So the idea of creating this substack is just a way that I can put out more regular content. So that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's uh, you have your first one that came out this past week. And there's a couple articles I wanted to talk with you about uh, with those that you chose. And one in particular, you and I got a chance to get a bond over, uh, which I think is, is huge, is the Bed Bath & Beyond News from Overstock.com, uh, who is looking to buy their IP. And this made me laugh because I'm like a huge pen stand. If you go back through these episodes, I, I have at least three or four episodes where I'm like, Let's talk about these co- different companies' patents and what they're for, et cetera. Especially when we talk about the metaverse, there's a lot of those out there. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit what you found interesting about this and 
and your views on Bed Bath & Beyond, based on it sounds like a recent trip you took too. Yes. So I actually went to the Bed Bath & Beyond yesterday in New York City because I wanted to see what was out there. I was interested in, they're only doing 40% off right now, which I think is very interesting considering the fact they're closing yeah. in two days. So from a retail perspective, when I was buying for department stores and products in general, when it comes to the lead times, you have to buy it so many months in advance. Like when I was working at just a regular department store and we would buy, I think we would buy about, we would start a year out and then we would finalize our lines about like six, five to six months out. So I was looking on TikTok about this Bed Bath & Beyond stuff, trying to see what people's takes were on it. And somebody posted that they were seeing a bunch of seasonal items in Bed Bath & Beyond that were on sale. And I thought that is very interesting to me because I, I didn't see any seasonal goods when I was there last night. Nothing Halloween or Thanksgiving or Christmas related. And my theory is it's no secret that we've had an excess inventory issue because demand was spiking and then taking during the pandemic, people were over-ordering, goods were late. We've just had a mess when it comes to excess inventory. My kind of theory is that I bet a lot of the seasonal goods they're putting out are probably rollovers from last year. Um, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond was on a steady decline and I can't, I, I just don't believe that they would be allowed to keep all those receipts for holiday I'm so sure they were probably canceling whatever they could. And even yesterday, it was really gross. On one of the shelves <laughs> in this little home goods section, <laughs> there was, they have, you know, the coffee makers and stuff, and they sell curate cups. And they were selling like holiday themed coffee syrup. And I looked at it and I was like, there is no way that that is from this year. That is not a new shipment. That has got to be over a year old. I just, like, so I think it's very interesting. I have, I think they were trying to clear out the warehouses, cancel whatever receipts they could, and just said, okay, we have this inventory. We're going to put it somewhere. So I, I think it's all old stuff. Yeah, it, it's got to be. And that's funny because I remember them, they, at first they had no, they're so behind on uh, inventory. And then they kind of like tried to catch up, but it was like way too late. And so you're right to be, to be also a year in advance on holiday would be completely off so uh stay clear of the holiday syrups ladies and gentlemen and check the expiration date. <laughs> well their ip is interesting too i'd sent over like a list of it uh, everyone like google pat of course google's got a patent search site of course they do uh I, there's everything from actual products like uh dish dish products stuff like that to uh even algorithms for registry so it's kind of exciting to think maybe what Overstock will end up doing with that, right? If they get those. Especially since they're allowed to keep the Bed Bath & Beyond branding, too. If you think about it, Overstock.com is in its way a little bit of an Amazon. And Amazon has their own very successful own brands uh, wine. I think it didn't work for Bed Bath & Beyond. But I'm wondering if Overstock is maybe going to take that Bed Bath & Beyond branding and make it into a line of an own brand overstock line because when you go into those big sites you're not as concerned i mean overstock.com itself is the brand once you get on there you're looking for like a trash can or something 
doing. So I'm wondering if that's how they get that brand loyalty over to their business. Yeah, most definitely. Well, we have about a minute left here, unfortunately, but tell us a little bit about uh, where oh, the site and everything that people can go to for your Substack, what your uh, Twitter handles and uh, Instagram handles are so that people can go out there and follow your content. Yeah. So I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Kate is booked and it's C-A-I-T-I-S-B-O-O-K-E-D. And then my Substack, it's a free subscription. It's Kate is booked.substack.com. Love it. I'll make sure I share it too on uh, on my social media. So everyone go check that out. LinkedIn, we'll get the links and everything out there for everyone as well. I'm excited to see another, of course, female, but young person in this industry take on uh, the wonderful content that we can create. And uh, this just means we're going to have to have you on more episodes in the future as well. So thank you, Kate, for being a part of this crazy world. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's good to talk to you as always. A little bit. And for our audience, remember, we are a community. So make sure you get our newsletter too. Head to FreightWaves.com. Click on newsletters at the top of the page. Or you can just go to FreightWaves.com slash POS and get signed up for that today. Check me out on the radio too. I'm on every Monday through Friday on the Road Dog channel on Sirius XM channel 146 uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and other than that, everyone, thank you so much for being a part of our community. We'll be back next week with some more wonderful retail news. Wow.